Welcome to the Health Ignited Podcast with your hosts, Dr. Nick and Sonia Jensen. We are partners, parents, business partners, doctors, yoga teachers, and retreat leaders. We promise to bring you real conversations to awaken and ignite your potential to live your best life possible. Join us each week as we dive into topics varying from brain health, biohacking, hormones, and longevity, to relationships, parenting, meditation, and more. Together, creating community and building stronger foundations for the generations to come. Hey guys, thanks so much for tuning in. Uh, Such a pleasure to be able to talk to my amazing wife, of course, but also to all of you on our mission to really help educate people about hormones, the relationships, and what that means for health and vitality and longevity. Yeah, I think it's a topic that's not understood enough and how much of an impact it has on our everyday lives, our relationships, and even our relationship with ourselves, which I think is the most important one. Mm -hmm. So thank you to all of you who are subscribed to our channel and staying up to date on all the, the new podcasts that we're releasing. We, and, and we really appreciate the feedback and any questions you guys have. So please continue to subscribe and stay tuned for all the upcoming content. So today's conversation is really gonna be diving into the law of attraction, or basically the attraction of what it means in relationships. So the laws that pertain to relationship and, mm-hmm. and what brings people together and how, what, how does that relate to our hormonal system, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's such an important topic so that we understand one, what impacts relationships as we grow together or as we're moving through different seasons in our relationships and how just our hormonal picture is changing as we're aging. So that in itself will change how we're perceiving our moments that we're stepping into every day with our partners. Yeah, so in this sort of uh, dialogue, we always like to tell a bit of our, our own personal story and so what it brings two people together and, and what sets up the, the right circumstances for that. What does that mean or on that level of the hormonal system? Like what's, what's firing inside the body? And, uh, and so like, let's, let's jump right in, right? Um, you know, looking back to the person I was when we mm-hmm. first got together, um, I didn't really have a huge direction in life. But I knew that I was really passionate. When, when we got a chance to meet, I knew that I wanted to help people. I was in naturopathic school. Um, I was learning so much about psychology and physiology and optimal health and, and all these new concepts that I didn't really know before. And I had a direction in the sense that I knew at one point I wanted to become a doctor and do something with this skill set. Um, but the world is so open. And I think when there's such a wide lens of the world, it's a little it's hard to focus in on what it is that we want mm-hmm. right and then and then when there's two people in that sort of idea there's something that that creates an alignment that brings two people together mm-hmm. yeah that's your question well i just <laughs> what, what, question? what do you think about that like because i mean yeah. i didn't i wouldn't say that um i had a clear focus or direction like this is i just knew that i wanted i was loving what i was learning but i didn't like know where i was going to be physically like where i was going to practice there's there's so many there's so much uncertainty at that age in in my life Mm -hmm. um and you know i think there's always an ideal scenario for you know you you do the school you you meet the person you have kids like you, you the career that there's, we all sort of buy into some sort of um, ideological view of how life will be set right. up, yeah. right? But the, but at the age where a lot of people are meeting one another, 
There's so much uncertainty in the world. Yeah, that's right? what I was just going to say right yeah. now. So normally, like, that's happening in our, say, 20s. Yeah. When we're really trying to figure out who we are, what our place is in the world, and what, why we're even here, and then throw in an element of relationship and trying to figure that out with somebody else can bring up challenges where we maybe choose paths that aren't even ours but it's comfortable for that relationship in that moment or we deny ourselves um, the curiosity of what could be um, because we're maybe um, stepping into a new relationship and wanting to put our best foot forward and compromise even the things that we want for ourselves or we end up aligning with somebody that's on a similar curiosity path and then we help each other so I think there's so much vari variability in that time of like um, what we want for ourselves and because we don't even know what that is. And so I think it's a really interesting time because that is often when people come together and start dreaming about a life together. And so how do you discern between like what's infatuation and what's like going to be the relationship that's going to last all of the ups and downs and challenges that we go through? Yeah. And, you know, with, yeah, like we said, there's uncertainty in life and then there's also uncertainty in a relationship. And then what's, what are some of the forces or dynamics that keep, are keeping people together so that they decide to enter into that dream together of, of marriage and whatever else comes after that? And what would cause someone to, you know, deflect or move, move away? And, you know, and then as a young person, like, how would you know? You know, how would you know? And, and the short answer, I think, is you, you don't know. No, because you're reacting with your hormones. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, and your emotions. You don't yeah. know. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, in future podcasts, we're going to talk about some of the, the timeline and the shifts that happen, you know, as you go into parenting and whatnot. But I think, you know, sort of taking that example of someone in their sort of early 20s to, to 30, um, there's, they're in, men and women should be in their prime of their hormonal life in the mm -hmm. sense that, you know, testosterone should be at its highest. Uh, estrogen and progesterone for women should be nicely balanced for the most part. Um, we're talking about ideal scenarios, yeah. not necessarily the, the norm that's not out there. The reality. Yeah. <laughs> not often the reality. But we can imagine that like there's this hormonal surge that, that's definitely apparent in younger people that is contributing to a desire for connection, desire for intimacy, desire for attraction. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when you and I got a chance to meet, that was in that sort of late 20s zone where um, we, we'd both lived, you know, very different lives up until that, but we had something that brought us together in, in the form of the medicine that we, that we practice now. And that common thread became such a, like, a building block, I think, for a relationship because in the scope of medicine, of naturopathic medicine, there's a lot of like value buy-in and sort of lifestyle buy-in that goes mm -hmm. along with that career choice. So there was so much already, you know, in alignment for us when we got a chance to finally, you know, find one another, um, that there wasn't a lot of like, you know, questioning around what does this person like to eat? What do they do like yeah. to do for fun? Like, because those aren't things you're going no. to ask on the first, second, or third date. Like no. those values of like, hey, if we had kids, what are you planning on feeding them? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's not going to be a question that comes up. Totally. Mm -hmm. So it's interesting how you know I think probably happens for a lot of people that they find each other in a similar circumstance because something drew you to that experience. Mm -hmm. And uh, many, like, I mean, my goodness, like, for, for me, in, in finding you or meeting you and getting to connect with you earlier in our relationship, I mean, I was just so drawn in by your beauty, your, your love, 
for people like I, I remember conversations where you just care so much about your family or different dynamics and, and I got to see you in, in incredible pain when, when you lost a cousin and I got to see how deeply that you could actually feel and um, there was so much about you that was charged and or charged as, as far as like like an electrical attraction towards you and uh, it's really something that like hasn't really disappeared but it's obviously changed a, a lot over the years because circumstances have changed um, but like I said, there, there was this right recipe for lifestyle alignment and mindset alignment and getting experiences of seeing people in different challenging situations and how they move through their challenges. Mm -hmm. And then, and then eventually like we started to, to, to date and it was, you know, a really, really beautiful sort of unfolding of getting to know one another. And, and then there's a lot of stuff that we were like, oh, I didn't realize that you... Yeah, like he can't lose on Scrabble and <laughs> throws the board if he's losing. Yeah, there's like some... Yeah, interesting circumstances where competition comes in. Mm -hmm. You got to see how much I don't like to lose. Yes, yeah. Yeah. very early actually. <laughs> and, yeah. you know, in relationship, there's these little fumbles that you see in the partner, mm -hmm. right? And you recognize like, oh, like I don't love that about that person. But there's something superseding, I think, that, that you know, you know, uh, inherent like trait or, or personality state or whatever that, that that person was in that you decided to bypass and, and let it be okay, mm -hmm. right? Um, what about you? Like, what were some yeah. early pieces? Well, I think we've mentioned before that us coming together could be like a whole Bollywood story. For sure, yeah. Because there's so many other things going on at the same time and... I had so much of my own um, dismantling that I was doing of my conditioning and old beliefs and everything during naturopathic school. So my radar really wasn't on like, who am I going to be attracted to in my mm -hmm. um, sphere at that time because I was in a different relationship that I was um, trying to figure out what was best in that element. Um, so when the opportunity came for us to come together, what drew me to you, besides the fact that we had similar values in like how we were probably going to live when it comes to like food choices, medicine, all these things, was that you were curious about the bigger picture in life, like your desire to become like really tuned into your spirituality and like figuring out and asking those big questions of like, why are we here? And um, not caught up in like the, the daily drama of life. And the, I think the biggest element for me was that I felt safe around you. And I think one time, um, I can't remember where we were, but we were with your parents and they asked me a question or you spoke about something that I do in, our, in the practice and all three of you turned around and looked at me to answer. I think that was one of my first experiences where somebody wasn't talking for me. And like, mm. there was many moments where like you would ask me a question and like pause and listen. And I'm like, what is, what is he doing? Like, <laughs> this feels new where I get what he wants to hear my voice or so just like that feeling of being like heard and feeling safe was probably the biggest one for me. Wow. That's amazing. I, I know you've said that before, but I haven't heard you say yeah. that in a long time. Mm -hmm. so thank you for sharing that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it's nice to like, so you know, to dip our toe into this conversation that we're going to be having uh, on another podcast is just understanding this dynamic of masculine feminine energy and that role of a man is, in, in my eyes, and I'm still learning, 
is to really to be a protector, to create a safe space so that the, the, the incredible energy and creativity of a woman can, can have a, a vessel to, to move through. And it, it sort of, on one hand, it breaks my heart that, that you felt like you didn't have a voice or weren't willing or wanting to be heard. But another, like, it makes me feel really good that, that you could open up in that kind of way around me. And, and I think that's something that even, you know, we heard from, you know, your friends where, like, so you just seem like yourself again mm -hmm. because you're able to be yourself. And, you know, so in this sort of... Idea of attraction and like how people come to find one another. I think these are some core qualities that that, that women look for in men, or you know that masculine energy and that feminine energy. And mm -hmm. for me, it was like just you know this. And we we kind of, we kind of had a disagreement about this idea of that um, like that that thing that like the buzz that that the spark the spark mm -hmm. that brings people together, and you know. I really feel like there was a spark. There was like, on my end, I can't speak for you, but there was a spark, there was this like wanting and like deep urge to want to be close to you, mm -hmm. to want to get to know you, to want to listen so to you. is that infatuation or is that actually love? Yeah, well, I don't think it's love. Mm -hmm. How could it be love when, yeah. when we don't know each other? Yeah. But we used to call it so the feels. So our disagreement was right? the tingles. The tingles, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, the disagreement was that I, I feel like that's more based on infatuation because then it evolves into a deeper feeling. Yeah. Whereas I think for you, from what our conversation was, that, well, that spark is always there and that's what keeps the relationship mm -hmm. going. No. Well, I think it is always there for yeah. me. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But it's like it ebbs and flows. Yeah. Right. But yeah. it's just so much more prevalent um, when when I think you find someone that that you align with in so mm -hmm. many different ways, mm -hmm. and that you're so curious about. Like you come from a completely different culture than me, and mm -hmm. it, like it, I'm so interested in everything. And then and and as I step into your world, I'm like I'm also like very overwhelmed by it. Yeah. Especially early <laughs> on, and I'm you know slowly but surely come to appreciate and, and appreciate the beauty, but also like see some of the, wow, like this is, I, I go out of my comfort zone in some cases, mm -hmm. or, again, especially earlier on. Um, anyways, I don't want to get too, you know, sidetracked on this, but I think it's important to understand that like there is some form of like really intense hormonal synergy attraction that's happening that I think lines up as a result of being able to be in rapport, be able to communicate, having some things that definitely have in common and then having a physical attraction, obviously, and then this sort of hormonal synergy. Because there's like, I remember times when we were like studying together and it was like, I couldn't focus on what we were studying because I was just so like, oh my God, I'm Sigma Slider. This is amazing. And like the, it's like the hormones just take over. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I think part of the dialogue too is, is that how do we differentiate between that spark and that maybe lust and physical attraction to is there a chance for something more right. to be here? Yeah. Right. So um, I want to speak to it from like female perspective um, and hormones and all and how that actually influences from studies um, how, who we are attracted to and at certain times of our cycle as well. So when estrogen is high, estrogen loves testosterone. So women that have good levels of estrogen, especially in their follicular phase leading up to ovulation when there's an opportunity to um, assess certain genes in your partner. They are more attracted to men that have more like um, 
strong jawlines and just have certain physical features that might be related to higher levels of testosterone and immune system and all these things that because then that signals the subconscious that the gene pool that I will receive from this person will help my offspring move forward, will help the generation move forward. So in saying that, so many women around that time in their 20s are on birth control. Mm -hmm. So there were studies that were showing a before and after or taking women um, that were on birth control and women that weren't. So they had all of them come in and they showed them female characteristics and male characteristics. So they, they were on a computer and they got to manipulate um, how that person looked physically. And then they went off and came back after three months. Uh, the women that were not on birth control that went through like the different cycles, um, nothing changed in who they were attracted to. But the women that were put on birth control for those three months, their features for the males that they were kind of drawing out became more feminine. Hmm. Because when we are on birth control, the body's kind of stuck in the luteal phase. So meaning in our luteal phase, when progesterone is a bit higher and we're stopping LH and FSH, um, there's more attraction towards more feminine um, like qualities, qualities yeah. and characteristics, like more nurturing, a bit more soft and whatnot. Whereas when estrogen is high, it's a little bit different. So women go through this like cyclical effect during their cycle. And then if you've been on birth control for a long period of time, it actually changes who you're attracted to. And for some women, it actually creates like a numbness too, where they can't feel that spark because of what birth control is doing. So it really changes the trajectory of one's life when they're making choices while on this like synthetic hormone. So it goes to show our hormones are always at play yeah. when it comes to our like daily life decisions mm -hmm. and like life partner decision decisions. And that's that's significant, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, we also know when when on birth control pill, um, SHBG levels go up. Yeah. Sex hormone binding globulin goes up, which then has a massive interference even on testosterone availability, but all the hormones. So. You know, your your body produces its liver in response to these outside estrogens, right? And and external toxins and other things in our environment that are creating stress on our body. Our liver manufactures the sex hormone binding globulin, which then interferes with the ability of that hormone to do its thing inside the cell, to create that activity, to produce growth, to produce um, you know, all the communication for our genes to to operate in a specific kind of way. And so when, yeah, when on a medication even, or if the body's full of toxicity, there's a tremendous amount of stress, the way that our hormones are expressing and then the way that we're actually relating that to attraction to another mm -hmm. can massively be affected. Mm -hmm. Like that's significant. Yeah, yeah. And the other element um, around that time, so say you're going to university or college or trying to figure out your career, or maybe you're already in your career and you're working and there's such a high level of stress. And then there's our lifestyle during mm -hmm. those years too, which will also impact that hormonal picture. So it's harder to access oxytocin and some of these hormones that actually help us feel more connected. So again, not to say that everyone that's made a decision to have a partner in their 20s is making the wrong decision, but I think it's just so interesting that um, like who's actually in the driver's seat when it comes to making these life decisions. Yeah, that's, that's crazy. I mean, if I think back to just just different you know people that came in it could even be friendships you know mm -hmm. if if your body is is dealing with more stress more trauma and whatnot and your your uh, worldview is, is a certain way you will attract 
people, circumstances, situations towards you, they're going to match that, mm -hmm. right? We, we know that. I mean, mm -hmm. that's sort of also the law of attraction, right? Mm -hmm. But in the, in the realm of relationship, if, if our hormones are being massively affected because we're not, you know, doing the exercise, we're not taking care of ourselves through our food, if we're, if we're not creating strong boundaries for relationships, we're going to create a life that's going to mirror that for us and our hormones are going to respond accordingly, right? Which mm -hmm. has a huge impact on, on, you know, even our ability to show up in a relationship. So once that relationship is established, there's a lot of things that can affect our hormones, which then affect, you know, that, the quality of that relationship. Right. Yeah. So what are some other things you think are important on the, on the sort of dialogue of hormones and attraction and sort of those early 20 to 30s yeah. that, that are, are important to discuss? Yeah, I think understanding, like you were saying, that um, usually you're kind of at a peak or you should be, especially up until 25. So 25 is when a lot of our hormones like progesterone and testosterone, they they start to decline. And I also think 25 is an interesting, like, you know, we call it the quarter life crisis. Some people mm -hmm. will frame it that way because there's so much change happening in our physiology. Um, the brain is now fully kind of developed, like the frontal lobe, your hormones are starting to decline. So there's some like steadiness all of a sudden showing up but then in that there's some questioning of like oh what have I been doing up until this point same thing that happens for a lot of um, people in transition into like andropause or perimenopause and menopause I think 25 that's like a really important year or 27 I think it is for men and then 29 for women I can't remember what the mm -hmm. seven nine year cycles um, so I think those times are there's such a time of questioning that um, what we do, like our daily habits, how we're eating, how we're sleeping, how we're moving, all of these things are impacting our stress hormones, like cortisol, which then impact how we're expressing those sex hormones and how we feel our, about ourselves. Or, so they're also affecting our confidence, our self-esteem, and how we're going to even show up. And like you said, with law of attraction, we're gonna attract the vibration that we're creating. So the vibration we're creating often during that time isn't truly who we are. Yeah. 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 Totally. You know, if I could, if I could, or we talk about this with our kids, if we could somehow imprint a message for them around relationships, it would mm -hmm. be keep realigning with your purpose and find mm -hmm. out what is it you want. Like, get really mm -hmm. clear on you know your 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 goals, your intentions you have for yourself. Because yeah, as soon as a relationship begins, there's such a, a momentum towards togetherness mm -hmm. and what that means and that there's this distraction from who you are mm -hmm. and you know obviously we can't control what happens when our kids hit their 20s right. but because well, the movies tell us that um that then completes you right but what we want to instill is that you're you're already whole and mm -hmm. then if you show up whole in that relationship you're not looking for that person to step in and fill some void that you're feeling but instead yeah. you're taking responsibility for who you are where you want to be and we talked earlier today about like how that is actually attractive to both males and females when you're with somebody that can step into their power and can step into their lane and know what it is that they want for themselves yeah definitely you know you can use the example of uh, some of the patients that you see uh, mm -hmm. women in their like postmenopausal years they're not feeling that physical attraction to their partner anymore. And, and, and when you bring hormones back in, it's, you know, you've, you've said before that it, it actually like saved the marriage, so to speak. Mm -hmm. Because now there's this feeling of vitality again that brings that physical 
connection again. Because as, as we move through like our you know, mid-40s to our 50s and beyond, there seems to be more of a physical separation that can happen to some degree, especially like after kids or during those years of like early childhood, um, that there's this, yeah, phys- more of this physical separation because there has to be in order to take care of kids and whatnot. But then menopause comes and andropause comes. And so what is the role of hormones at that stage of life? I thought we were just focusing on the, No, I know, the but like, I mean, <laughs> yeah. just as an example, yeah. um, you know, when hormones are reintroduced. Oh, I see. Like, there's this, yeah. there's this like, new mm-hmm. vitality and desire for physical connection again. Yeah. So we often talk about, like, there's a chronological age. Like, we're, yeah. we're 43 now, so that's the number. But a physiological age can match when we were 23. And a lot of that has to do with how our hormones are functioning. So often when we bring back some of these hormones, and that's not just taking the bioidentical, but doing the work, the detoxing, so that there's more efficiency in somebody's system to actually absorb these hormones, all of a sudden, one, um, the individual's perception on themselves starts to change because now Mm -hmm. they feel more vital, more attractive, more motivated. Like testosterone's a huge motivator and so is estrogen. So if those are declining, it's hard to feel motivated every day for life and hard to share that energy with your partner. But once the hormones come back in, it just kind of clears that clutter and that creates more space to get reconnected again. Yeah, definitely. And that's what I wanted to, yeah. to bring in is this, this, we can do things to bring in some of that vitality of mm-hmm. our 20s to 30s mm-hmm. um, through lifestyle and, you know, in some cases, BHRT. Um, and it just, it's like a new reference point, like, oh yeah, this is how I used to feel. Because I think that, you know, through these interesting years of the 20s, um, the core theme is change. Mm-hmm. There's so much change in like your outlook on life to your mindset to how you're, you know, entering into a career because you just finished school. And there's so much going on that we, we are a new iteration of ourselves sometimes every year. And so that changeability within a relationship, if it's able to make it through those 20s, um, is a real testament to to you know having a lot of things working right yeah because we're just checking off boxes at that time especially with like societal conditioning of like okay what's supposed to be done by 20 or 25 or 30 and it's really easy to just get lost in that societal conditioning and not pausing and questioning okay like what's actually driving here like i asked that question like who's in the driver's seat is it the beliefs that i have or what i'm supposed to be or is it my hormones is it the birth control pill is it my diet and lifestyle that's like making these decisions so when we start to question we can then recognize that okay a lot of what's happening isn't actually me so how can i bring more of me into this equation yeah well you bring up an interesting point i think that there is you know something biological in nature that is driving like let's say if if kids are a desire for for a woman to have Mm -hmm. there there must be a biological clock a hormonal clock that is pushing mm-hmm. a woman in that direction yeah would you say for sure yeah. i think in today's world it kind of starts a little bit later mm-hmm. because women are a bit more focused on um finding themselves in those 20s and usually the conversation doesn't start up until they're in their 30s and 35 really because again the conditioning by um their doctor probably or society is that um you are now a geriatric pregnancy after 35 because of those hormonal changes. And yes, there are real changes that are happening, but it doesn't mean that you can't get pregnant. But definitely there is this internal 
clock, I remember right after we got married and I was 30, mm-hmm. I was already kind of thinking about it. I remember when we were looking for our first home, I don't think you had that on the radar no. at all. And the fact no. that the bedroom was upstairs, I was panicking inside. I'm like, what about the, the second, baby? The second bedroom, the was, second upstairs. bedroom yeah. was upstairs. Like, what about the baby? I'm going to have to walk up and down the stairs. So like I was already in that um, mindset, whereas I think for you, that wasn't yeah reality at that time yeah Yeah. and again this is why i think communication is so important too Mm -hmm. and um yeah but i mean it's such an interesting time so if we were to sort of like talk about uh, an example from maybe a patient Mm -hmm. you know that uh the common question that comes up you know around the hormonal system and there's all this volatility there's all these changes that are happening in life because circumstances are so different from one year to the next in the Mm -hmm. 20s um, like what's a what's a challenge that you've noticed with a uh, with patients in this in this sort of timeline and what they're struggling with hormonally? Yeah, so I you know I work with like young patients, teens, all the way up to I would say probably sixty, and what I've noticed and in seeing individuals move through relationships, um, especially their relationship with themselves, and now I'm talking more like male female relationships. Like one um, example comes to mind. This woman, as soon as she started to get to really know her values, what she wanted for herself, assessing like the kind of partner she had been attracting to fill those voids that um, she grew up with because of her traumas and whatnot, attracted this one particular partner in the past little while that checked off some of the boxes around, um, you know, being really soft and like heard her when she needed to be heard and just was there for her in that regard. But there was this element of not feeling safe in a sense that she couldn't just let go and be held by this individual because um, he wasn't on his path mm-hmm. and was um, a bit more anchored into his yin energy. But she, because she had to be in her yang energy for so long to survive, she was now at a point where she wanted to be soft. She wanted to step into that, but then the two yins just didn't make mm-hmm. sense. And so she broke up with our partner knowing um, that this wasn't going to last because she was looking for more of that container and somebody that would actually like hold space for her and be on his purpose as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, that's so important. You know, and this is kind of what we talked about, and I know from personal experience too, that if a relationship gets established before we really get direction in life, have a, have a clear purpose, know ourselves a little bit more deeply, um, it gets really, it's easy to just fill a little vo- a role. And I think, you know, with, with that example, it's likely that, that, that she actually invited that sort of first iteration of relationship into her life because it was maybe a little bit easier. In this. And I think mirroring for her. Yeah, what, what she, she wants. needed. Totally. Yeah, because yeah. she needed to step into more yin. So she was in her yang. So yeah. she attracted somebody that was in their yin and that was good for a little while. Exactly. Until all of a sudden she started to recognize that that's not the healthy place for her. Yeah. And then that's when change needed to happen. Yeah, beautiful. Mm-hmm. And so it was like a man in that opportunity, you know, uh, hopefully that that gentleman uh, reflects on you know what happened in the relationship because I think often we don't do that we often go like the other person is the problem right mm-hmm. it's not it can't be me 
hopefully at some point we start to ask, okay, well, what can I take ownership yeah. of? Mm-hmm. And so, you know, for, for that sort of more young kind of masculine energy, it's like we need direction and purpose in life. We need to have something that we're striving towards. We need to have like be connected to a higher power so that we feel like we're in alignment. It's so that when we do attract that individual into our life, they can be that that mirror for us, that mirror opposite, not be in the exact same energy, energetic mm-hmm. force, mm-hmm. right? And that's in like all relationships, even like male-male relationship, female-female. Totally, yeah. It's usually one has more of that yin energy and the other one has more of that yang energy and that's what helps a relationship flow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, definitely. So, uh, so hopefully you guys got some interesting uh, nuggets on you know this sort of law of hormonal attraction, what that means in relationships, and some of the things that we've seen in our practice. And you know, if we are sort of not feeling our best, if we're not feeling like we're on uh, our purpose, on our direction, um, what are some of the things that you can do daily, right, mm-hmm. to just start to take care of yourself? And uh, we just did a hormone challenge. Uh, if you caught any of our previous podcasts from the past few weeks. We took uh, about 120 people through this experience of getting in touch with our hormonal system. What does it mean to, to be more in balance, to, to feel more energetic and alive? And what are some of the things you can do on a daily basis? Because it's the little things that stack up over time that make a big difference, right? Yeah, yeah those daily habits, those daily decisions are informing your inner world, which will then change your outer world. Yeah, we have a Health Ignited Club that we'd love to have you guys be a part of to dive deeper into these conversations. And uh, we meet once a month, and there's lots of goodies for people to be um, to take advantage of while while in the club. Mm-hmm. All right, we'll see you next time. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Health Ignited podcast. Be sure to download, subscribe, and share as we build this conscious community together. You can also find us on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and our website, drsjensen.com. Please note all information on this podcast is not and should not be taken as medical advice. Please see a healthcare professional to receive the care needed. Thank you for sharing this time with us, igniting your health freedom. And welcome to the tribe.